Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. And before we get started, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. You can go there and you can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash PsychCentral. Today, Vince and I will be welcoming back PsychCentral.com founder, Dr. John Grohall. John, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be joining with you guys today. Good to have you. We are going to talk about something that we all have, and that is past hurts. Specifically, we're going to try to figure out how to let go of them, right? Absolutely. I can certainly understand that dealing with emotional pain is not something that people are taught how to do. It's not something we learn in school. And so one of the things that is a challenge is the fact that we have to learn how to do this on our own. And the benefit to doing this is what? Well, hurt equals pain. So we try and reduce the amount of pain we have in our lives and increase the amount of pleasure. That just seems to be the thing that leads people to greater happiness. So it's not surprising that when we come across something that has hurt us emotionally, we're looking for a way to reduce that emotion and to and to make a person get beyond it. How common is it, do you think, that people are actually doing that already? I mean, we all kind of struggle with this to mm-hmm. some degree or another. It's not a question of do these emotional hurts cause pain? They do for all of us. The question is, how long do we have to hold on to them before we can sort of move on in our lives? And the answer to that question is that it varies widely from person to person. And so I guess one of the things I'd like to do today is to talk about how we can work to try and reduce the amount of time that it takes to move on from an emotional hurt, like a relationship breakup or something of that nature. It's interesting that you mentioned relationship breakups because I remember when I was going through a divorce some years ago, I, I found this article online that said that the general rule of thumb on how much time you need to recover from the end of a relationship is about one month for every year that you were together. And I was thinking, really? Because that does not seem like enough. And who made this rule? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But but I remember reading that and yeah. thinking, yeah, that's messed up. It was definitely not on psychcentral.com. It was no, probably on no, one of the competitor not. sites. Just, just, just bunky garbage. <laughs> John, you wrote a great article called Learning to Let Go of Past Hurts, Five Ways to Move On. And and that's that's really the crux of what we want to discuss today, right? Absolutely. And I wanted to also just point out real quick that the thing that Vincent mentioned is an important point, which is that we're all kind of looking for, you know, how long is this going to take? When will I get over this person or this relationship? And I think it, it's not really a time-based metric that you use to evaluate how long it's going to take. It's really a metric of how much the relationship meant to you and how important that relationship was in your life. After 20 years of a marriage where both people emotionally checked out maybe 10 years prior, you might think, oh, well, that's going to take a long time to, get, to, to, to move on. 
but that might not be the case if if they've already had 10 years of basically being emotionally unattached. Whereas if you're looking at a one-year relationship, but that one year has been full of emotional commitment and emotional attachment of a very strong variety, then it could take a very long time for a person to get over that intense one-year relationship. Well, and I think it's also important, please correct me if I'm wrong, to understand that everybody is different. There's no wrong way. If it takes somebody longer to move on, that doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And there's no one time limit. Uh, Just because it took your friend, you know, a week to get over their relationship doesn't mean it's going to take you one week. It could take you a month. It could take you six months. There is no average. There is no sort of rule of thumb on how long it's going to take to to feel better. See, I told you, wherever you read that, Vin, bunk. Oh, I I knew it at the time. Complete complete bunk. (laughs) But I just always wondered, how did they come to that conclusion? You know, was that just personal experience? Was it they pulled their small group of friends or just pulled it out? The of The fact box? that they know. didn't cite their source should have been clue number one. <laughs> so, John, from the article, you've got your five ways to let go of past hurts. And number one is make the decision to let it go. And that might seem obvious, but it's not really obvious because when you're in the depths of emotional pain, you're not really thinking with your rational mind. You're thinking with your irrational mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me be clear. Um, We are irrational human beings. That's perfectly normal. And so you need to give yourself time to be that person who is in pain, that person who needs to feel that emotional pain. But at some point, you have to make the decision to let it go it usually has to be a a pretty conscious choice up front. Otherwise, you might end up self-sabotaging any effort that you make to try and move on. I really like your second point, which is to express your pain and your responsibility. I think the responsibility part of it is crucial. There's no doubt that if you are not at the point where you can take uh, some responsibility for how the relationship ended or the fact that it did end or anything of that nature, you also need to take responsibility for the fact that this is a choice, that this is a choice that you're making about letting your emotional pain go. I want to add a clarifying point to number two, express your pain. We've talked a lot about taking responsibility, which I I think is, is what you're saying there, but what is a healthy way to express pain? I mean, I'm sure you don't mean, you know, go key the person's car if they broke up with you, which is a way to express pain. So how can you do that in a healthy manner? Yeah, I think this is the one point that a lot of people have difficulty with. And it's not surprising because, again, we were never taught in school or by our parents or really by anyone in our lives on how to deal with our emotions in a way that is healthy, in a way that helps us move forward. So one of the ways you can express your pain is to find a way to share it with uh, someone else or something else. And that someone else could be a friend or a family member, a trusted person. A lot of times people turn to friends in a relationship breakup to just be able to sort of vent, to, to share their emotional hurt and grief over the loss of the relationship. If that's not an option, there are things like writing in a journal or writing in a blog you know, we might poo-poo such things as being, oh, that just sounds like psychobabble. How's writing all the, all my feelings down going to help? But there's actually research that that confirms that 
writing things out, writing things down actually helps our ability to move on from emotional hurts. I do think that it's interesting that you brought up this idea that writing these things down seems, I don't know, the words you used was you might poo-poo the idea probably because people think that it's foolish or stupid or insignificant, but it is something that a lot of people do and that it helps a lot of people. But the specific question that I have is when you say that, are you talking more to men? Because I think women are comfortable writing down their emotions. So is this sort of like a gender gap? I'm not sure if it's a gender gap or not, but I would say that you need to find the outlet for expressing your emotional pain in a way that that makes you feel like you, you're, you're getting some relief from doing so. And so again, just like we talk about endlessly, there is no single right way of doing it. It's just finding an outlet for you that works for you. I think the other important thing to remember is that we also have to take some responsibility for what we could have done differently. Definitely. It's the question of whether are you an active participant in your own life? Are you just a hopeless victim where life just happens around you and you sort of just are observer and bystander? And so the question is, do you let your pain become a part of your identity or are you someone who is more deep and complex than that? And this is a good segue into number three, because stop being the victim and blaming others. And I think that is something that I've fallen into that pattern before. It's not fair that this happened to me. It's not fair that I got sick. It's not fair. And that really is playing the victim. Am I correct? It is a thing of playing the victim. And and don't get me wrong, playing the victim feels good. It feels good to feel like you are the person who has been wronged. And I don't think it's a bad thing to feel that way for a short time. So in every moment in our lives, we have that, that conscious choice that we can make, whether it is to continue to feel bad about another person's actions or to start feeling good. And it's, it's a matter, again, of taking responsibility for your own happiness and for finding your own path forward. No one's going to do that for you. No one's going to tell you that, hey, the world has wronged you and you deserve better. Maybe it has, and maybe you do deserve better. But at the end of the day, you're the only person who can help yourself move on. And so you need to make that conscious choice to, to do so. We're going to step away for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. John Grohall talking about how to heal from past hurts. Here in the U.S., I have seen, just in my casual observations, that people who are in a relationship and then it falls apart, there is a strong tendency for these people to immediately jump to the other end of the spectrum and hate each other. Um, I've never understood that. And from what I understand, it's more common here than than in other countries. Do you have any any thoughts on that? 
I think it's an interesting question and one that probably speaks more to individual differences than to any sort of generalization that I can probably make about culture. I believe that different people just come from different emotional backgrounds and that those emotional backgrounds, their upbringing, their psychology, their personality allows them to either sort of forgive that person and find a healthy way to end the relationship, or they come from a a viewpoint where if you have wronged them emotionally, then you are dead to them and that is all that there is to it, or that you create this intense anger and, and emotionality in the other person as well. So I just think that those are individual differences that come from different backgrounds. And I I don't know that there's anything more I could say about that. Well, and I think though, to your point though, this is part of being the victim because in order to be the victim, you have to have an enemy and you hate that enemy. So when those two people hate each other, that the person that you hate is the person that really isn't that just, it's just a way to be the victim. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, uh, that's a great point, which is that, um, you know, it, when when relationships fail, a lot of people turn it into a very black and white issue. And if they're the victim, then they need that enemy to be able to point to and say, oh, my gosh, this is the person who ruined my life. This is the, the bad person. I'm the good person. And it just makes it easier for their brains to sort of deal with all the pain for many people to, to put it into those black and white terms. And I guess you could look at it sort of as a as a dysfunctional coping mechanism because it does work um, for that other person. It does not work usually for the the person that they're leaving in the relationship. Hey, if you keep making sense like this, I might send this podcast to one of my ex wives. <laughs> <laughs> then you you could try. But I'll... <laughs> Fine. She she's not a fan. The Number four in this, and it's the one that I like the most, and it's kind of a mindfulness technique, not to people that are big fans of the Psych Central show have heard a lot about mindfulness in the past couple of months, but it's to focus on the present, the here and now, and to focus on your joy. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Mindfulness is a great technique. It's something that uh, practically everybody can and should be practicing to one degree or another in their lives because... It's so simple and it's so easy to incorporate into your daily routine where it lets you focus on just being here in the present, the here and now, and stop focusing on the past. And that's where so much of this, uh, this hurt and this rumination comes from, which is just focusing on the past. I guess some of us get stuck in that focusing on the past because it kind of feels good and we maybe want to learn something from going over things in our head and maybe saying, well, maybe I could have done this differently or maybe that person, I didn't see the the signs that this person was evil or bad or whatever. But by focusing on the here and now, we can temporarily let that pain and that, that rumination go and bring ourselves back to uh, what we're doing right now. You can do this in in many different ways, but it's sort of a meditation technique, and we talk more about it on the website uh, if if people are interested. When I was younger, in my college years, I I was accused, quite rightly, of dwelling on my past, and and I I readily admit to that. I I had some 
events that happened in my youth that I had a lot of regrets about and and I would dwell on them I would live in the past uh, in other words it's always been very difficult for me to let go of that and of course I could always defend myself by saying but if you don't learn from your past you're gonna repeat it and I guess I never learned properly how to stop learning from it and keep studying (laughs) I suppose any tips on on how to actually let go because I'm still struggling with it. So I would say that there are lots of different ways that we struggle with these past pains and the reason that they may not go away very easily. Indeed, we, we do try and learn from our past, but there certainly has to be a difference between learning from the past and thinking about the past and, and then ruminating on the past. Because if you've applied hundreds if not thousands of brain cycles already to the to the problem or to the behaviors and the the relationship or whatever and it's you can't change the past you can only change your future behaviors and hopefully after you've applied those hundreds or thousands of brain cycles to uh, such a thing your rational mind can say well i've gone over this a hundred or a thousand times it might be that might be everything that i could possibly learn from that situation it's really some things I think are are extremely difficult for a person to let go, and I cannot. I, no one can can give you five tips that will let those things go. Unfortunately, I think some things can only be properly addressed in a therapeutic relationship with a trusted counselor or therapist, because they are very difficult. There are so many topics. You know, for instance, if if you had childhood abuse, if you had abusive parents, if you had if you had sexual assault, any anything like that. I mean, those are are much bigger uh, challenges to face, and I think that they're best dealt with um, by talking to a therapist. Well, this sort of leads into your fifth point, which is all about forgiveness. You say forgive them and yourself. I understand forgiving other people. It's it's pretty easy for me to do. The whole concept of self-forgiveness, though, I have honestly struggled with because I feel if I have hurt someone, it's not my position to forgive myself for that. Only they can forgive me. I think that's an interesting perspective and certainly one that has some validity except for the fact that the person might not have any interest in um, yeah. Yeah, having any kind of association or communication with you. So in that case, they might as well be dead. And if someone's dead, they can't forgive you, and no matter how much you'd like them to. So it's up to you to look at yourself and say, am I worth this forgiveness? Have I worked on myself? Have I worked on the things that may have hurt the other person. And if you can answer some of those questions with, well, yeah, I have looked at myself and I have tried to work on some of these behaviors, then I think you have to do yourself some justice and say you're worth forgiving. You you are a worthy person and you deserve forgiveness as much as the next person. And it can be really, really hard for a person to not only hear those words, but then to say them to themselves and mean it. Well, thank you. 
And of course, I don't think you're saying forget. I, I think that a lot of times people hear forgive yourself or forgive others and then forget that it ever happened. And that's not what you're saying. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting about it. It just means forgiveness. Absolutely. And it also doesn't mean that you're condoning what happened you're, or you're, you're agreeing with what happened or you think it's a, it was an okay thing. It, forgiveness just means that what happened happened in the past. I would like to... Uh, find a resolution to it in my own mind and acknowledge that we are all human beings. None of us are perfect and we do the best we can based upon our upbringing, our backgrounds, our experiences. And that means that sometimes we're not going to do the best things for ourselves or for another person in our lives, even a person that we love very, very much. And we have to remember that, that, that we make mistakes. And, and if we make mistakes, guess what? So do other people. And we, we do have to forgive them. We do have to forgive ourselves in order to move on from past hurts. Thank you so much, John. One of my favorite quotes that I, I ruminate about when I can't sleep is, we judge other people by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. And, you know, that's that can that can work out differently for different people. But what do you think about that quote? Can you speak on that a bit? Yeah, I, I think that's a great quote. And I think it, it has a lot of truth to it in the sense that other people can't look into our minds and we can't look into other people's minds. And that creates a lot of potentials and possibilities for miscommunication. And so while we can see that our, our intentions were always the best, we tend not to always give other people the benefit of the doubt in our lives. And, and ironically, it seems as for the people that we love the most, we give them the least benefit of the doubt. And uh, complete strangers or people we've just met, we will give them a, a wide latitude of doubt. So I think there's some interesting psychology in that as well. But I think it goes back to the fact that we can't see other people's intentions until they make it clear by communicating those to, to us. Well, Dr. Grohal, we're about out of time. So for our listeners, can you break it down for us? Just make it as simple as possible. Sure. The five ways to let go of past hurts are to, number one, make the decision to let it go. It has to be a conscious choice on, on your part. Number two, express your pain and also take the time to take responsibility for what happened in the relationship. Number three, stop being the victim and blaming others victimhood feels good but at some point you have to let go of that role and take back your life and what you'd like to do to move forward in it number four focus on the present the here and now and find joy remember joy in your life because it's it's there it hasn't gone anywhere it may have been in hiding for a bit you just need to refocus on your own life and the present and and stop ruminating about the past and number five, forgive the other person, but also forgive yourself. You're a valuable, special person. Uh, don't let anyone ever tell you anything differently. And you deserve forgiveness as much as the next person. John, thank you so much for being here. We always appreciate it when you stop by. Always a pleasure. John, yeah, as Gabe said, it's always a good good time having you on the show. These These conversations are great. I really appreciate it. And we also appreciate our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counsellor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.